Cybercrime Trends During the Pandemic. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Yuri Rivner, co-founder and chief cyber officer at Biocatch. Welcome, Yuri. Hi, Tonya. What does Biocatch do, and why did you start the company? So Biocatch is uh, working in a very fascinating uh, field of science called behavioral biometrics. It's essentially the um, tracking of human behavior. So we can understand whether, for example, someone is operating within your online account, or think about someone that opens an account. Um, if a regular user opens their account online, they'll be familiar with the information that they provide, not familiar with the process of account opening because they do it for the first time. Criminals are the opposite. They'll be very familiar with the process, not familiar with the data. So essentially it's looking at the way people behave online or mobile devices, the way you touch it, the way you swipe, the way you move the mouse and type information, um, the cognitive choices that you make as you do all of that. And we work a lot with financial institutions, but I would say digital services uh, to protect the customers. Now, I was actually working at RSA, a big authentication company, uh, when in 2011, we were attacked by a foreign state that was inside the RSA network. I was head of new technologies. I was looking at um, you know, what the industry can do around those attacks, and then came across a very young uh, company called Biocatch, um, and was asked at some point to join as a co-founder. Back then, it was a very nascent technology, um, almost science fiction. You know, How can we recognize someone just based on their behavior? Um, today, it's being used by many, many financial institutions uh, in the U.S. and globally. Let's talk about new trends you see in cybercrime during the pandemic. What's happening related to remote access? So I would say that uh, remote access is one of the things that criminals will try to use because the industry is relying on trusted devices. If you see a transaction coming from the regular trusted device, it will typically be uh, considered a good transaction. This is why criminals prefer to uh, trick users to install something on their device. It could be a team viewer or another sort of application. Typically, those will be help desk scams. Now, we've seen those things even before the pandemic, uh, but now with the pandemic, everyone is working from home. Uh, the bank basically says, hey, the branch is closed we would like to help you, we would like to assist you. So how about you installing something so we can run some um, you know, additional assistance for you uh, inside your banking account. And people will just download whatever they're, they're being asked to download and then ask to log in. And at that point, the attacker has you know, everything that they need to actually move money from your account. So definitely we see remote access as one of the trends um, in the current uh, situation. What's going on in mobile attacks? So I would say that um, typically the criminals will try to uh, trick users to install some sort of malware or again, remote access onto user devices. Um, and if you think about it, um, early in the uh, pandemic, there were a lot of applications that would say, you know, are you close to a patient, like a known patient, a confirmed patient? Um, what's the situation in your neighborhood, uh, all sorts of uh, global maps and stuff like that. Many of those applications were rogue applications. They were not really real uh, applications. It's a great opportunity for a criminal to penetrate your device, your mobile device, and game over. 
from that point onward, they have full access into everything that you do, including the ability to remotely operate your device, right? So open an application, start doing whatever they want inside your application. And again, they do come from uh, your trusted device. So that's the sort of thing that we see on uh, mobile devices. What are you seeing as it relates to identity theft? That continues to be an ongoing issue. Yeah, I mean, in the US, it's a, it's a pandemic on its own, right? If you think about it, the criminals have data, very, very uh, deep data on every US citizen. I'm not just talking about name, date of birth, social security. It's like everything, your full credit history. Any potential question, they know the answer for. Therefore, it's very easy for criminals to open an account on your name. These would be credit card accounts, personal loans, bank accounts, you know, anything of that uh, nature. But it doesn't stop in the financial sector. It can be any kind of online account opening that requires a level of verification. Now, what we see nowadays because of the global virus uh, outbreak is criminals concentrating on that weak point. The reason is that um, as a bank or a credit card uh, issuer, you want to fight this problem, but your fraud team, the operational team is limited. People are working from home. It's more difficult to investigate and research cases. So criminals basically pounce. They want to attack this specific uh, opportunity when you open an account and establish the, uh, uh, you know, establish the identity. So what Biocage does uh, around those specific uh, areas is again understanding whether the user is familiar with the information that they insert. That's a good and positive thing. Think about social security numbers as an example. Um, we would know whether you uh, essentially type it from long-term memory or you type it off a list. Okay, if you type it off a list, that's very actionable. You know, the the fraud team can say, "Hey, are, are you opening your own account or assisting someone?" Um, and take another thing, which is zip codes. There are probably like 20 different things we can say around the way you enter your zip code. So the bottom line is that identity verification, you know, or, or the whole issue of identity is heavily targeted right now by the criminals. You mentioned is specifically as it relates to maybe banking, how users are downloading uh, some of this uh, malware onto their, their computers. How do cyber criminals present their malware to users? I mean, how do they actually trick us? Uh, two ways to do that. Um, one way is to basically say we are the help desk. It could be the help desk of the bank and you have some issues. It could be the help desk of your mobile provider. It could be the help desk of the software running on your computer. Whatever the situation, you know, we're here to help. So what you should expect is to allow them remote access onto your device, right? How do you do that? by uh, downloading uh, something. And we've had you know, fascinating cases where those sort of social engineering stories where very successful people have downloaded uh, an application that allowed the attackers to simply uh, be inside your computer and operate on your computer. Um, and that's uh, like a, a very scary situation uh, if we think about uh, uh, you know, detecting these sort of attacks. But I would say that there's another uh, trend that we're seeing which is even deeper than that. Uh, this started in the UK, where people were actually, um, I mean, it's, it's like a two-pronged attack. The first uh, call says, hey, um, something is wrong with your uh, mobile, uh, uh, you know, mobile services account. 
um, maybe you didn't pay, can you please pay? And, and, and the user pays with uh, uh, their debit card. And then they get the phone call from the bank. Hey, um, we see some suspicious transaction. Can you explain what it is? And um, now uh, we see it's a, it's a uh, kind of a fraud transaction. Uh, we have to switch you to a new bank account number. So can you please log into your online banking account? And we're gonna give you a new bank account number, move all of your money to this new bank account number. Antonio, you probably grin at this point and say, hey, there's no way someone will fall for that. They do, and it became the number one problem in the UK. So the point being, social engineering is extremely effective. Some of it has to do with malware, remote access, things that um, you know, they, they try to put on your device, but also trying to trick you to actually move money from your own account, which is probably the most difficult thing to detect. What are the recommendations that you can offer to businesses and individuals to harden their devices, their networks, and policies against these threats? So I would say that uh, as a personal uh, advice, look, these, these are difficult things to defend against, right? So when we talk about uh, Trojans and uh, malware and things like that, that's a little bit more tricky. But all of these situations where, you know, it's too good to be true, or someone is asking you to do something, someone is asking you to verify, uh, you know, something for, you know, for them. Uh, there were cases uh, specifically around um, payments like the Zelle infrastructure, which is a, a P2P a payments, where people were asked to essentially confirm a fraudulent transaction. When they actually uh, did that, they got a phone call that said, um, look, we want to validate you, so can you please give your user ID and we're going to uh, send you a one-time code so you just you know, verify that for us. And the, the user will then provide the one-time code. What happens in, in parallel is the fraudster is actually resetting your password. They have your user ID, you just gave it to them. They have the one-time code because you gave it as well. They go in, reset your password, you're now locked out of your account and they begin to move money from your account. So I would say, be cautious. You know, uh, common sense. There's, there's nothing better than just, you know, do that. Yuri Rivner, co-founder and chief cyber officer at Biocatch. Thanks again for joining us, Yuri. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to find out more about this report or uh, the kind of work that you're doing. How can they do that? Uh, going to the Biocatch website. Um, another option would be to uh, connect to me directly at uh, LinkedIn. So uh, Yuri Rivner at uh, Biocatch. Um, and I'll be happy to, uh, you know, answer any questions that uh, you guys have. And I hope you enjoyed the uh, information. Thank you, Yuri. And certainly find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.